Welcome one and all to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 70 here in the AA studios on Thursday, February 9th. I am Tom Pyle, your co-host. And I'm Mike McKenna. The other guy. The other guy. How you doing, other guy? How's it been? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Got any announcements? Uh, I don't think so, except I did want to give a quick shout out to one of our listeners, Bill M. I got your text. You have to make at least some of it in English, Bill, for me to have a fighting chance to understand <laughs> what the hell you're talking about. You mean you have another Chris Horner amongst us? It wasn't that. It wasn't that, but it was, you know, I think I knew what he meant. Okay. So as a reminder, subscribe. And review. Write a review. And please provide feedback, ideas, yeah. articles, and suggestions to unregulated at energydc.org. And we're going to have a little special giveaway today. The first person who writes in to unregulated at energydc.org and provides their mailing address will receive an American Energy Alliance t-shirt, a nice, beautiful, long sleeve t-shirt. All right, so today in history, I got two for you. Lay it on me. The first is in 1971. I'm sorry, what day is it again? Today is February 9th. In, in 1971. 1971 um, you're not going to get this. No, I'm not. No. Satchel Paige was nominated to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay. The first Negro League veteran, and, and he was inducted later this later that summer in August. Okay. So uh, can I run two quick stats by you? Can I stop you? Uh, when he was in, during the Negro Leagues, he pitched an estimated 2,500 games. Yeah. Okay. He had 300 shutouts, not wins, 300 shutouts, and 55 no hitters. <laughs> he was, in all fairness, you know, he was playing against high school kids. So <laughs> I don't mean to minimize it. He's a great player. But... He entered the majors at age 42 the year after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier and retired at 49. But then he returned in 1965, 10 years later, to pitch three innings for the Kansas City A's. The important thing is he never could beat the Yankees. That's the important thing. The Although Joe DiMaggio check. said he was the best and fastest pitcher he ever faced. You know what? I That's probably right. But he still couldn't beat the Yankees. Okay, one more quick one. In yes. 1964, on this day, February, America met the Beatles. Here in Washington. Here in New York. On the Ed Sullivan Show, oh, yeah, there yeah. were 73 million Americans tuning into the Ed Sullivan Show. Yeah, I have to be honest with you. Beatlemania started the, on this day in 1960. I'm not a Beatles person, so. All right. Um, I mean, and the fact that Paul McCartney now looks like everybody's grandmother is not helping me any. I'll tell you what, though. I actually enjoyed that little documentary of theirs that, that was just released on, on, on Disney. It. It's called Let It Be. It's pretty fun. Sure. Yeah, it's good. I'm so not a Beatles. You guys person. should check it out. Really? Okay. All right. What do you got? Redistricting. You wanted to talk I'm, redistricting. I'm more of a Grand Funk Railroad man myself. Um, redistricting. So, as predicted, um, at the at way, way, way back in like March or April of last year, when everyone was getting all excited about redistricting, I'm pretty confident I said on this show, and I know I wrote a column or two on it and a monthly note or two on it that said. Don't expect much from redistricting because there's so many people involved now on both sides who know what they're doing. Yeah. And the computer software is so good now that any idiot could like basically draw their own districts that essentially was going to be of no value to anybody with the possible exception of, you know, four or five seats that moved to the south because of the Republicans. And here we are in February and we're just about to lock all our redistricting maps in. 
And that's exactly where we are. It's essentially going to be maybe a plus two for the Republicans. That's about it, right? Because New York did what they did with their software. Federal judge is probably going to bounce that at some point. But, you know, we're looking at a world where plus yeah, three. Yeah, New York was, was insane. It was well, New York was as bad, pretty ridiculous. It was it was as bad as any I could remember. Yeah. Right, you you go you go from a nineteen eight split to a um to a twenty two four. Don't forget right? they were supposed. How many seats were they supposed to lose? Well, they they lost one, and they probably <laughs> should have lost <laughs> like two more. At right? least three, exactly. Yeah. So, it, you, nineteen to four split. You're looking at. Um, I'm having trouble doing the math right in my head, but you're you're essentially nineteen. Yeah, you're essentially looking at a world in which eighty you percent know, of the seats are going to be Democrats, and maybe only fifty-five percent of the votes, fifty-seven percent of the votes are going to be Democratic votes. Judge is going to have to think about that one hard. But anyway, long story short is, like I said, all this hoorah about Texas and Florida and all this other stuff, redistricting is not going to have any effect on the um, on the twenty. Not much of an effect on the twenty twenty two results, which. Um, Lead me to my well. I, I said this in earlier episodes as well. I mean, the Republicans have done a pretty darn good job of squeezing stealing, blood out of the turnip in the last couple of couple of yeah. You know. I have a slightly different take on it. I agree with that totally, but I always think about it this way: you're actually going to have to win some. You can't just mail it in, girls. You're going to have to do some. Yeah, but I still contend that every contested election in this cycle should. Should there should be a Republican running in every seat in every contested election? I tend to, you know, when Rahm Emanuel did that against us in whenever it was two thousand two, I guess I thought he was crazy, but in retrospect, that's the right way to think about you it. You have to, yeah. I man. mean, when you have numbers uh, like Patty Murray barely losing to a generic yeah, Republican, right, exactly. barely beating a generic Republican, and you're not, you know, say. you're not impeded by cash, right? It, right. There's more money than God. So, Trisha Curtis, if you're listening. Run in that Perlmutter Run. seat in Colorado. Yeah, Go. You're, you're not going to get a better chance than now if you're thinking. Go about right it. now and 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 get get started, and we'll help you set this baby up. Right. So. Start collecting your signatures. All right. So uh, along those lines, uh, we've got uh, two numbers: twenty nine and thirteen. Yay! Um, twenty nine are the number of House Democrats who've announced they're retiring or going to run for something else. Thirteen is the number of House Republicans that are done the same. Everyone pretty, gets pretty excited, and we're now in February, right? So that retirement's probably closed up for the year. Um, everybody gets pretty excited about those numbers. I think 40 is about the post-year average. I'm going to look that up before we get in here next week. It's um, interesting only uh, for a bunch of reasons, but mostly because of the 29 Democrats who are going away, probably 20 are sitting in real safe seats, which means Democratic Party is going to um, install some some – folks in the progressive caucus in those seats, right? That's how those primaries are going to go. Democratic caucus, as I've said this before, no matter what else happens in 2022, the effect of the retirements are going to be the Democratic House caucus is going to move to the left. However ridiculous that sounds, they're going to move to the left, which means even if the Republicans take the House, the Democrats are not going to moderate anything. Just have that in your head. Think about what it means, both not only for conflict with the House Republicans, but conflict with the Biden administration, right? You're not going to have 10 progressives or 15 progressives. You're going to have 40 progressives in the House now, right? So think about that. No matter who wins, right? what happens, you're right, gonna, you're right. gonna, well, that problem is going to get bigger. If, if this is going to go the way it's going, then the Republicans will have a decent cushion, I would say. Um, which is good and bad. I I kind of 
It's you bad. Know, it's bad, I think. It's not good. It's bad. Um, the, the bigger the cushion, the more yeah. likely it is that we wind up with leadership that looks exactly the same. Yeah. And and nobody wants to do anything. And, you know, this idea that Newt Gingrich is helping somebody do a contract with America. Hey, the first one was a damn mess. Well, yeah. And again, I, I was around. I was uh, I was here for that and on the Hill. And, you know, you were we personally responsible. No, not at all. But we were. <laughs> It was not what got the majority. We've talked about this. It was a lot of other factors that that caused the, the earthquake in that in that cycle. But it did, focus. as you and I have been harping on, it did give them something that they had to deliver. Yeah, it focused. It, it focused, focused them everyone's thinking. on what they said they were going to do. And that's why I think that, you know, if they get away with not having something that say, as, as McCarthy is saying, we need to earn it, right? Maybe it's just you know, lip service at this point. But I agree with that. Like they need, He's got this. if for any reason, is to keep him from wandering around. Well, I just want to point so. out, McCarthy established tax forces across six issues in June. June now, Buckus. June, Buckus. June. Well, we're only eight months on. Yeah. I'm sure they're thinking real hard about it. Okay, uh, and I will. I'll predict this too. Um, a lot of these old bulls that are sitting around, the 30 or 40 that are going to be in the chamber for Biden's um, State of the Union, yeah. you're going to see a bunch of them get sworn in and then announce their retirement I think like that's, within a month or two. Of, I, I, of the I, next yeah, session. and I don't think they're going to hang around and do that yeah. to last two. I think you're going to have a bunch of specials right at the top of next year. So, because um, they're, they're just hanging on because they don't want it to look like a total incomplete. That's right. It, it, it would look very bad if the speaker of the 50 house, seats, if you know, all, you know, all these well, seats went. It, like, it would look bad if the speaker and like Jim Clyburn announced that they were not running. Everybody would be like, okay, yeah. the money would dry up right away. Right. right? So and I what, think you'll see at least yeah, I agree with that. half a dozen yeah, of those. I'm thinking that's the right number myself. Yeah. yeah. And like so. I said, the specials will happen right at the top. You know, the funny thing is in San Francisco, Speaker Pelosi setting that up so her daughter can get that seat. I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to how that goes. Ladies and gentlemen, the pandemic is over. Yeah, man. We, we, because the science has changed. Yes, that's the reason. Well, the pandemic's over because I, because this. Uh, let, let me play this clip. We can get into it. Yeah. Do you agree with the move? I do. There was a and is a time and place for pandemic restrictions, but when they were put in, it was always with the understanding that they would be removed as soon as we can. And in this case, circumstances have changed. Case counts are declining. Also, the science has changed. We know that vaccines protect very well against Omicron, which is the dominant variant. Everyone five and older have widespread access to vaccines. And we also know about one-way masking, the idea that even if other people are you are not wearing masks. If you wear a high quality mask, that also protects you, the wearer, too. And so in this case, I'm not saying, I don't think anyone really is saying that no one should ever wear masks, but rather that the responsibility should shift from a government mandate imposed from the state or the local district of the school. Rather, it should shift to an individual responsibility by the family. Okay, Dr. Leanne, Leanna Wen. Yeah, she's who a, has been all over the place. She's one of the chief spokespersons yeah, for the COVID absurd absurdity that we've been living under has yeah. declared that the science has changed. By the way, she's the former head of Planned Parenthood, but she doesn't bring that up that often. Um, and let, this is the quote. <laughs> the decision to wear a mask should shift from a government mandate to an individual choice. OK, uh, New York Times 
Dropping indoor mask mandate. New York joins blue states, easing COVID rules. Okay, sure, right. it's the, it's tumbling down. And guess what? You can also you can also credit Glenn Youngkin for this. Well, I'll give Glenn. I'll some give credit, him a lot of credit I, for this. I'll tell you what it really is about. I mean, Twenty nine Democrats in the Virginia legislature who three months ago were using this as a as a cudgel against Youngkin voted no, to affirm. It was just the vote was the vote was twenty nine all in, right? It was twenty nine. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So it was mostly Republicans, but, but a lot of Democrats well, crossed Chad over. Chad Peterson. So Chad Peterson is one of the Democrats, right? Um, one of the two Democrats who are gettable in the Virginia um, State Senate on a, across a bunch of issues. When he introduced an amendment to to pop it, it was over, right? It was yeah. over. And, and Chapit said. Like during transition, he said, "Yeah, we need to revisit this." But the fact that he introduced the amendment. So anyway, um, uh, but can, let me get let me go on. Yeah, uh, this started shortly after the New Jersey results of the New Jersey election. Yep, and they were they were doing some focus groups to figure out what the hell happened, right? Yeah, and so is it the science that has changed or has the political science changed? Because Newsom, Lamont, all these Democrat blue state governors are begging uh, Biden to, to change his tune, right? Yeah. Let me, let this me, is why it's over. Well, let me, can, can I, can I make one, one prediction and one sharpening of that? Yes, please. Yeah. So all of these things have, have a trigger date of February 28th, right? Yeah. And why is that? I can okay. I know why. It took me a second to figure it out. We're going to have the state of the union on March 4th, right? And the president would otherwise be naked, right? He would have no accomplishments to identify. The pandemic is the over. The pandemic is it. over. I killed it is going to be the yeah. pitch here, right? And this is clearly this is clearly um, orchestrated. It's clearly timed for that. And that is obviously <laughs> what he is going to do. Because they all think we're idiots, of course. right? That's what they're going to do with the State of the Union. And that is what they are going to run on in 2022. Yeah. Which it, is it, it, until there's a, another variant, right? In the fall, then what are they going to do? They're going to just say, "Hey, that's just like the flu." Yeah, you guys, you guys are going to yeah. have to do, it. you know. And and it, it, I'm always very grateful to have converts. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, it's better late than never. I will say this, however, thank you, um, thank you, uh, Mayor Bowser, thank you, uh, Mark Elric, the the county commissioner, of Montgomery County. I have. Uh, I'm going to be throwing a little bit of a bash here uh, in March, early March, and I chose to, to spend my significant investment in this party for my wife's birthday in Virginia. So, the, well, the ver workers in Virginia well, are going to be getting my resources. It's not really Virginia; it's Arlington, but it's still in the in Virginia. And you can drive to Virginia from Arlington. Yeah. So, so anyway, That's my point news. is, is that you know you could have had. You could I you could have had my dollars, but ain't happening. Yeah, it it um I'm one last thought on this. No, I got two more. Oh, so go you, ahead. You, you first. Okay. I want to play this clip and we can talk about it. In Virginia, the new Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin, the man on your screen, is defending his executive order, which allows parents to decide if they want their kids to wear masks in school. Glenn Youngkin campaigned as if he were an ordinary suburban, fleece-wearing dad with moderate and inoffensive views. Youngkin did exactly what a Republican does when they get into power. <laughs> Let's look at what's going on. Let's move this state back 50 years. Virginia governor Trump in training, Glenn Youngkin. In COVID politics makes a lot of Republican governors stupid. We know Glenn Youngkin's true colors. It's that. It's MAGA red. New Jersey, Delaware, Connecticut, Oregon, and California 
all moved to relax their mask mandates. These are all states led by Democrats and once hard-hit COVID zones, and they seem to be decisions driven by science, not politics. The reaction so far has been uh, broadly, if not overwhelmingly, uh, positive. Governor of New Jersey. We're headed in the right direction, as I think we hoped we would be. More signs the country is pushing to get back to normal. The responsibility should shift from a government mandate imposed from the state or the local (laughs) district of the school. Rather, it should shift to an individual responsibility by the family. This follows what uh, the governor in Pennsylvania has done. Uh, The governor in Colorado has started to dismantle a lot of those those rules. New York, Connecticut, they're also looking at similar uh, rules. I mean, this makes your head spin, right? I mean, it's so political. As you said, the narrative, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's it's not insane. We know it. We understand it. We're glad that they're finally going to, you know, try to get us back to normal here in some of these regimes. But wow, it's just stunning to me. It's, 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 you know, the thing, the thing, they extracted all the political value out of it. They could, and now it's over. Yeah. Well, Um, guess what is not over? What? Guess what's not over? What? The impact on children. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you and, know what? And let me read something. This is from The Hill, okay? This is Biden's Surgeon General. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy on Tuesday said the pandemic is having a, quote, devastating effect on the mental health and well-being of young people. That's not really true, though. It's the government's response to the pandemic. Yes, It's having a devastating course. response. Of course. Uh, effect on young people. A couple of things strike me right out of the gate. You want them? Sure. First off, Glenn Youngkin is probably going to run for president now. Um, that's a, you know, that's something that I had resisted thinking about, but I think after something like this, he, oh, he's. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't too. But, um, you know, he, that, very few people get into politics with small egos. So I understand that part, but I don't think that. I think that it's he, a, he's he's probably thinking he's creating something way more than yes of it's course. not him it's not just him right the table so, was set long before he right, got here but he right. he did it he he had he was in a very important catalyst but that's, just take care of virginia cuz gosh knows we need it right well he's going to be the first guy to lose a he has the potential to be the first guy to lose a um cabinet level confirmation fight and uh, well, there was one other years, a while 15 back. years. Yeah, okay. He'd be the first guy in 15 years and only the second guy in the history of the Commonwealth. That says a lot. We've had like 87 governors or something. Anyway, that's one. And two is, um, and this is something we don't think about too much. This is, this is the glory of self-governance, right? These guys are all responding to citizens. And next time somebody tells you that something's political, you should say yes. And I'm very glad it is. I just can't wait until all... Of the people in my world who are like, well, that was a, to all the people in my world who like look at me like I'm some freak because of what I've been saying very publicly about sure all this man. stuff. Start parodying all of that stuff and act like it's some revelation or something, right? Well, that was the third thing I was going to say, right? We, it's not going to be a seamless transition back because we now have terrified, I don't know, 15, 20% of the population. And they're going to take a while to like, Stop wearing their masks and just be normal people again. And some percentage, they're never coming back. They're going to yeah. be, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be um, hermits who walk around in masks. You know, sort of, sort of like people we used to, you know, like bag people, right? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, Mike. Oh, behave. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you need to behave, big guy. I'm gonna play that whenever you get a little out of line. That's your new. <laughs> I kind of like it. Fair. I'll take it. Um. Anyway, so. We're going to have some social friction on this, I, I suspect, for the next year or so. Yeah, but I am I'm a, I am not going to do an I told you so thing. I so want to move beyond all no, of this. No, why would you? I'm so, I'm so grateful that, yeah, that these governors have seen the, 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 that the political science has changed yeah. on well, this. Like I said. And so I am also encouraged because I think this is how the climate stuff's going to end. As well, I hope so. You know, the Europeans. You probably you probably saw this. Europeans um, a couple of weeks ago just said, "Hey, you know what? Natural gas and nuclear, and nuclear are green. They're green. They officially yeah. changed the definition green. of green." Now, <laughs> you know, the Europeans have a lot of flaws and a lot of strengths. Um, one of their flaws and their strengths all at the same time is they're not really concerned with consistency and and truth, right? So. You know, well, clearly neither you, are, you, is the media, right? right. So, but you wind up, you know, that that leads you to like, you know, wind up with Stalin and Hitler, but it also leads you to just say, yeah, you know, that thing we've been talking about for ten years, yeah, we don't care about that anymore. Yeah. I um, wonder if Germany kind of wishes that they didn't it, it, didn't <laughs> rush to close all their new say, plants. Pull, the, pull that trigger. Either I bet you they could probably later. get them get them going again. But to your point about how this, you know, this is exactly how something like climate gets gets going to get finessed, right? We're just going to change definitions, and at some point it'll be, hey, we're we've won. Everybody, yeah, congratulations, congratulations, everybody! You're going to see this at the State of the Union with the president on this thing. We've won. I said I was going to destroy the virus, and we have destroyed yeah. the virus. Yeah, you know, it's all it's all theater. Yeah, guess who's on the move? Uh, uh, I give. <laughs> this is from Punchbowl News. I recently discovered this Punchbowl News. Have yeah, you heard it's, of this? yeah, it's it's a it's bunch kind of, of like an aggregator. It's, it's a bunch of political alums gone crazy. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, um, GM hires Biden's niece. <laughs> really, I missed this. GM, the U.S. auto giant, has hired Missy Owens. President Joe Biden's niece to be its director of ESG policy. Oh, for God's sake. GM told us Owens, quote, will continue her work in sustainability and lead policy efforts on ESG stewardship, coalition building and collaboration in partnership with General Motors expanding sustainability team. Owens is the daughter of blah, blah, blah. She spent eight years in government relations at Coca-Cola honing her skills, of course. What skills? So. Her skills in collaboration? Takes you eight years to get good at collaboration? Uh, I, I will say this. You, Dave, down at the end of the at the end of the table. What do you think? I mean, how complicated. As is someone it? who is the son of two parents who worked on the assembly line at the Harrison Radiator plant in Lockport, New York, who built radiators for General Motors, Mary Barra is destroying this company. Yeah, you know what they say. I don't know what they say about this kind this of thing. statism. This this statism. <laughs> this this corporate like you know. Uh, it's just in, it's just it's. So, who, who's at the White House today? Uh, the utility execs talking about Build Back Better. I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm sure they're talking about that. They're talking about cybersecurity. What they're really what their their whole purpose of the operation is is that the. Um, inflation numbers come out tomorrow, so the administration wants to have as much noise around it that doesn't have anything to do with inflation, I'm sure. 
So yeah. Can't be can't be coincidental, right? We're gonna have a bunch of utility execs. And in case you're thinking about inside skinny on this, the utility execs did not ask for this time. They were invited by the White House. Of course. So this was not a this was not at, at the behest of EEI. This was um this was at the behest of the White House. And the White House is gonna wrangle Three or four of them over for press, um, including TV hits after the meeting. Yeah. It's going on right now. It's kind of like with me and the P, the PM of Bulgaria. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, speaking of GM, yes, Cafe is in the news. Is it? Is it now? We're coming close, I think, to um, the final. Uh, oh, they're final. The they briefs final. are due on on. The rule went final December whatever right. it was thirty. But right, are, are we reaching some court de- uh, case yeah, yeah, deadline yeah. The, the, or the, filing the, the, suits and stuff yeah, like you, that? You, got, you can't file for sixty days, and we're we're closing in on sixty days. Us. So yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah. see lawsuits coming up, hopefully. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, good. Anything else on cafe? Yeah, or? so the cafe thing, right, is interesting. What what we've got going on is we've got about fifteen state attorneys general, right. Um, who are acting across a wide range of topics, and each one is taking a different is taking a different one is taking the lead on each topic, right? For instance, Pat Morrissey, Pat Morrissey over at the uh, the West Virginia Attorney General, he's he's running point on um, West Virginia v. EPA, right? Not surprisingly, the clean power thing, right? Arizona guys have the border. Somebody's got Second Amendment. Um, I'm not sure who's going to take the car thing, but one of them was, right? And then probably the refiners in some configuration will litigate as well. I have to be honest. What's going to happen is here, West Virginia v. EPA is going to go bad for the EPA guys, and it's going to um, shorten their their um, statutory tether pretty, pretty, pretty significantly, right? You mean to tell me that they'll be – Left with no choice but to try to create uh, uh, amendments to the Clean Air Act. Yes, um, through through that thing on the other side of the that whole legislation, thing. Avenue thing, that, that whole legislation deal. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, you know, West Virginia, the Wotus case, and if it comes to it, um, the cafe thing, right, is all going to shorten and sharpen and really change the Chevron. Um, doctrine, right? right. For no those who don't around. know what that is, Chevron doctrine simply says that agencies that 30, 40 years old now, uh, outgrowth of the case Chevron v. Um, EPA, oddly enough, in which the court said, yeah, you know what, we're going to give agencies wide deference in how they interpret um, statutes that um, that they execute. Yes. Which is crazy. If the you think practical about it. effect of which is that you, the regulations that were written, the Whenever they're they're challenged in court, the courts have basically said, "No, I think they pretty much tr- we pretty much need to trust the bureaucrats who weren't elected." Exactly, exactly. So. And you know, the courts have been thinking about reeling this in for a while. Neil Gorsuch is the guy sort of leading this charge on the court. We're going to come back to this thing in June. We have actually another case, drug pricing case, got argued in um, November. Might be the first one to pop, but West Virginia v. EPA will be the second one to pop. That's why I'm not sure we're going to actually wind up litigating the cafe thing at the end of the day, because I think once EPA sees what happens, they're going to pull it back. I think so. Drug pricing, yeah, clean power, WOTUS. Because yeah, then they'll be forced. They're way out. Look, here's the deal on this. And, and I got a column coming out in the Times on this tomorrow. The deal is, is EPA is way out over their skis on this thing. They have the ability to regulate tailpipe emissions. They do, right? Um, but this thing would require require there's no way around it would require and epa says it right they anticipate it's going to require um 
uh, 17% of sales to be electric vehicles by 2016, by 2026, right? Model year 2026, which for those of you keeping score, right now we're at about 2% of, you know, 2. of the 2%. fleet is, about, is, is yeah. about the electric vehicle market. That's right. And, and you know, model year 2026 is going to start hitting the, the showroom floors in three years and about four months. So I think what's going to happen is, like I said, they're going to see the results, and EPA is going to think we might need to redo this. So I'm not sure we're actually going to ever need to litigate. Yeah, effort. well, I mean, hopefully, part of Missy Owens's job will be for GM to produce more than 26 electric vehicles in the next yeah. quarter. Yeah. So I, I also said something bad in this column that uh, 26. It's a great number. You know, the great thing about it is we, I've seen. Got, we people got mad at us for bringing for bringing that but out. But it's been repeated. Said, oh, what, the problem is, is <laughs> ah. we had problems with the batteries. This isn't fair. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it totally. Yeah. Um, it in the column I point out that GM and Ford is in on this racket, right? This whole cafe thing—they're in on it. Oh, they, yeah. they, you know, and they've all said they both of them have said publicly numerous times, "We're okay doing electric vehicles, provided we get a bunch of tons taxpayer and money. Tons of money. Yeah. Just keep paying us to it's do it. It's disgraceful. We're making all these investments um, in EVs. Yeah, counting on counting on the federal government. To all right. Well, I'm hopeful uh, that uh, this happens soon. That the Chevron deference gets sick, dying, dead, and that we can get uh, get to get to back to doing some good old fashioned. Yeah, for those of you who legislating out there in the in the in the hinterlands. For those of you who are thinking about it, um, West Virginia v. EPA gets um, argued February twenty eighth in front of the court. So. Hang up. hang tight, folks. I know you're you're standing at the edge. You sitting at the <laughs> edge of your seats, waiting for that. How incredibly sad okay. our lives. Uh, did you know that there's another insurrection taking place right now? Another one. That there, we're in the midst of yet another ins political insurrection. Lay it on me. All right, here it is. We've heard it called a nationwide insurrection. It sounds like, you know, you're talking about the closed streets in the center of town there. It sounds like it's causing quite a bit of havoc, not just in that city, but across the country. Yeah, so the clip was just from our police chief here in Ottawa, Peter Slowly, and he said that the Ottawa police is overwhelmed, that they do not have the resources able to deal with what he is calling a siege and an occupation. And, you know, this is not just a protest. Ottawa, like any capital city, is used to a protest. But here, you know, right beside me, they set up a Plinko table, one of those games you would see on The Price is Right. Okay. They have open fire pits that are burning throughout the downtown. Uh, they have villages, essentially. They built structures on the street to, to keep people warm. They have a full set of um, I saw some pizza ovens the other day. Even in one spot, <laughs> organizers had three different saunas and a hot tub set up. <laughs> <laughs> It's an insurrection. We, <laughs> it's, it's, we, we may be in the wrong line of work. <laughs> Plinko tables. It's a it's an insurrection with pizza, pizza ovens. ovens. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, I, I, but you got to be kidding people me. People do this. How know. do they do this with I don't a straight know. face? I have no idea. I would have laughed at the sauna thing. It, All right. It, well. Thankfully, we have a premier who so is on out, top of it. It turns out Canada is colder than hell in February, I guess, <laughs> yeah. is the bottom line here. Well, they, I guess they took the, – the cops tried to take their gas away and their propane, and some judge basically ordered them to return it. Yeah, well, it seems like a damn dangerous thing to yeah. do in the middle yeah. of winter. Yeah, anyway, but we are grateful that our uh, premier Trudeau is on the case. He's handling things very effectively. Justin. Individuals are trying to blockade our economy, our democracy, 
and our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. Do you not? Or what? See the irony? Yeah, sure. In that statement? Absolutely. I'm (laughs) sure that. Let me reread it. Individuals are trying to blockade our economy, our democracy, and our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. They changed the word blockade to lockdown. Unbelievable. It's totally believable. It, it it's completely and utterly <coughs> believable. And only I right. have the ability to blockade our economy, our democracy, it, and it, our federal citizens' daily lives. It <laughs> I'm sure the truckers understand the, the irony of this <laughs> in the thing too. You know. Okay, and and then here's another doozy from, from Trudeau. This has to all understand is just how frustrated everyone is. Um, we're all frustrated. We're all sick and tired of restrictions, of of mandates, of having to, to make sacrifices, of not being able to do the things we love. Uh, it's been two years, and it's and it's really, really tiring for all of us. This government has been focused every step of the way on following the best science, following the best public health advice to keep as many people safe as possible. And quite frankly, it's worked. We've seen... Uh, the curves uh, lower in Canada than elsewhere. We've seen lower death rates. We've seen quicker economic recovery because because Canadians stepped up, because Canadians got vaccinated. And I can understand frustrations with mandates, but mandates are the way to avoid further restrictions or having to be restricted as people get vaccinated. As <laughs> You, you get that? Restrictions are the way to avoid further yeah. restrictions. <laughs> I, you know, it, oh, it, it's just too I'm much. I'm assuming that when the Americans, um, now that the Americans have finally broken and thrown their guns down, um, the Canadians are going to throw their guns down here shortly. I, I'm oh. telling you, man. Uh, it, 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 these guys, it's not sustainable. It, you know, Canadians have showed us and shown the world. But the downside is now we can't really make fun of Canadians. Everyone can make fun of Canadians. All right. Um, last headline here on this uh, I mean, subject who, from the who else's protests involved from the, pizza ovens from the Babylon B. Trudeau demands protesters stop shutting down cities so that he can shut it down himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Good for us. Yes. 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 All right. What else we got? All right. Um, there's an there's a column in the Washington Times that ran on Sunday. Some senators think voters are idiots. Yeah, I try to clean up that headline. <laughs> My original headline was tougher than that. All right, so uh, let's set this up. Last week, ten U.S. senators, all Democrats, sent a letter to Secretary Giggles, asking her to limit the export of American natural gas, LNG, to other nations. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> I don't even know what you can say about that. Well, you said some things about it. Would you care to highlight some of the the points in your column, which was excellent? Thank seven, you very thank much. Thank you. Seven of these, seven of these ten, seven of these ten Democrats were from New England, right? Basically, almost the entire New England caucus. Yeah, led by Maki, Senator yeah. Ed Maki. You know, they were super been on this jag for how long? Forever, forever. for as long as I've been around. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're super concerned about the, the the effect of exported LNG on American prices. I would note that none of these ten has ever advocated for a pipeline get built from the Marcellus over to New England. You know, Marcellus gas goes out at about five bucks what, per million. What do you BTU. think the distance between the Marcellus shale fields and the heart of Massachusetts is on the map? Oh, the heart Producer? of Massachusetts. Oh, 120 miles. 
120 mile pipeline. 150 miles. Yeah. I mean, 150 mile pipeline, yeah. right? Yeah, it might 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 take you 200, given like you got to cross the Hudson and blah blah blah. Yeah, where do they get their gas when it's cold? Well, that was the other point I made was that New England is is importing gas at really their only functional um, and and rightly sized LNG import terminal at uh, Everett, right? Which oddly enough is not only um, in Massachusetts. Um, it's in fact Senator Markey's hometown. His mother still mm-hmm. lives in Everett. Um, His mother still around? God I think bless so. Her. I think so. Um, anyway, long story short is they're bringing it in Everett about thirty bucks per per million MBTU. Okay, where so are they getting it from? Six times. Uh, all kinds of different places, but I suspect mostly its origin is going to be Russia mm-hmm. and um, Trinidad. Some, some I think be. too. Well, they run out of the Trinidad contract. I oh, think, okay. Uh, Some time yeah. back, so. So they could, I mean, since they will refuse to allow pipelines to be built, a 150-mile pipe that would take the gas straight from the field, not have to liquefy it, mind you, convert it back into gas, um, could they wheel it around from <laughs> New Orleans or right. something like that? that f- or maybe that, like, what could was... they, if they, could they get LNG from the United States, for example? Yeah, the funny thing is, of course, is, you know, tankers leave out of um, Louisiana going into the Pacific Basin all the time. But it would just as easy for them to, like, you, you could literally just run a train of ships from Louisiana to Boston. They could be, everybody could make money. Boston guys could be picking up that gas at five bucks per instead of 30 bucks per. Mm-hmm. Everyone would be happy, except Jones Act prohibits that, right? Because you can't have coastwise trays and trade and unless the ships are all built in America, Flagged American and with American crews. And bad news: America's last LNG ship was built 50 years ago. Right? It's a, it's a relic. With we, we have looked into doing something with it. There's just no hope. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short mm-hmm. is those senators didn't offer up any of those ideas. No, of course not. No, because just, you know what? just ban the export of natural gas. Definitely. In the meantime, the Biden administration is touting the fact that they're saving Europe by with the shipments of, of liquefied natural gas from the United States that they themselves are trying to tax. You can't make this up. It's I, insanity on steroids. Well, I'm very grateful. Let me tell you why. Because um, the day before I wrote that column, I wasn't sure what I was going to write it about. And then these guys drop that concept <laughs> right on me. I'm like, thank a, you very much, Senator Maki. It's a, it's a beautiful uh, gift. I want to just, I just want to read one paragraph for our listeners. Yes. And and please subscribe to the Washington Times. <laughs> Get these columns; they're excellent. Oh, by the way, the unregulated podcast is also available there. Thank you, True. Washington Times. But they aren't going to do any of that because most of them have spent their entire careers actively opposed to finding, producing, and using natural gas. I could add oil. I could add coal. I could add many other things. The sole purpose of their letter to the Secretary of Energy is to get on the record as being quote-unquote concerned about the high price of natural gas in New England. They have no intention of doing anything about those prices. They think voters are stupid and won't see or understand that. (laughs) That is hilarious. It was a good call. I had yes, fun writing. I had fun writing. Now, it. how are the how are the comments? Did you did you look at any of the comments? Yeah, the comments were pretty good, right? That's there, good. There was the guys. There was some pushback on the Jones Act characterization, like we should want American ships. Aren't you in favor of American ships? There's no one in favor of American ships more than me. Jones Act's been in place since 1812. In that time, the American fleet, merchant fleet, now commercial fleet, has shrunk up 
Yeah. And and our and our shipyards are now basically just shipyards for the Navy. It's working real well. Yeah, it's a disaster is what it is. Um, and, and, you know, with the guys in the Gulf Coast especially and the unions, they're absolutely emphatic about it. Yeah, Louisiana's, Louisiana and, delegation has killed this Jones Act waiver deal and the many, many times. And the tricky thing Sen is – Senator – Senator Kennedy, uh, uh, Kennedy and Cassidy, right? The tricky thing about Carter it is, Graves, yeah, Carrot Graves. The um, oh, oh, you almost got an OB. The there. tricky, the tricky <laughs> thing about it is, the tricky thing about it is, American flag is not a problem, right? You can reflag easy, and American crews are not a problem, right? American crews are the best in the can't world. Build right? them. Can't build them. Can't build them, right? We don't have the the ability to build them. It would require, it would require some. Fairly diligent attention over 10 years or truthfully get rid of the Jones Act and then all of a sudden there'd be a lot of demand for coastwise trade. Sure. Yeah. But ultimately we shouldn't need that because we should be building pipelines. Easiest answer. Easiest answer. Easiest. The sim simplest thing in the whole world. And you know what? Everybody who does energy in New England, Democrat, Republican, Communist, American, whatever, knows that. At least. They know that. At least now Biden is holistically opposed to pipelines again, not just American pipelines, although he likes pipes, crack pipes, that is. Give them away, to, give them away free to the junkies. Yeah, man. All right, what do you got? Uh, what is your prediction for the Super Bowl? You have not made, have you made yours yet? Um, is this our walkout? This is our walkout. Then no, we're going to do, thing. Gonna do a closer for- uh, All right, I got one other thing okay. I want to I hit real quick. Part of the propaganda around the uh, State of the Union is going to be the job growth has been great. I want to remind everybody job growth, the, the number of employed is still below what it was in March of 2020. And job growth now lags behind seven of the previous 11 uh, post-war recoveries. So kind of be careful about those numbers and, and resist them where you can. The other thing is inflation is coming out tomorrow. Expect it to be um, aggressive, right? Yeah, nobody believes the Biden job numbers. Oh, I totally believe the Biden I job mean, numbers. Well, but if they you, believe them, they don't feel them. Like, even if you not, take them. Not, none of this feels like anything other than the fact that we're, we're going to be stuck in the mud for a long time. A buddy of mine just uh, did, a, did a great blog post. His father paid $19,000 more this year for his fertilizer yeah. than he did last year. Yeah. You don't think that's going to have an effect on, on the do. price of food next summer? I do. I do. I do. I think inflation is going to be bad. All I'm telling you is that job growth is lagging behind other recoveries. And it's we still have not gotten back to where we were two years ago, yeah, so. But but the science has changed. So Joe Biden has killed the pandemic. Hooray, hurrah! Yeah, but, thank but, you. You're you're our savior. Me, Can't wait to hear about it on the State of the Union. Well, like I said, and the jobs are going to be State of the Union because we have all these jobs, but we don't have as many as we did. That anyway, um, Super Bowl. So I've been a big Bengals fan. I still am. I'm rooting for them, but I've had a chance to think about this. I think they're going to lose. Um, I think the Rams' um, rush defense is just too good. Um, it's number one in the NFL. The Bengals' pass um, blocking offense, the capabilities of their offensive line, they're next to last in the NFL. Um, I think What's back. The spread on it? I don't know. I think back. I, I, Producer. I, I think back on. Um, I think back on um, other Super Bowls. Right um, over time, defensive lines tend to take over. Um, I think we have people jumping take over Super Bowl. Sorry, we have lots of <laughs> having an earthquake right outside. Comical. Anyway, so I'm going to have to, um, against my better judgment, um, predict the Rams.
which okay. is okay. I, at this point, I'm re- really indifferent. Although I would, I think it would be fun if the Bengals won Me because too. it would just be fun. I, be they, like, it's a, we need a we need a, a good underdog. I hate I hate story. I hate and I hate L.A. Like but, I used to go to school there. Like mainly, I hope they run a bunch of sh- uh, you know news clips, news shows, seeing what L.A. looks like these days. I, Compared and they're and they're running around trying to clean the streets up around there. Good for them, right? LA's minus four and a half. Okay, really? LA's minus four and a half. Yeah, um, pretty close. It it um, yeah, I like Burrow. What do you got? What are you picking on the score? I'm gonna go twenty four to seventeen. No, I think it's a circus. So you you you, I'll, I'll set the over under right now. I'm I'm at I'm at sixty. Sixty. Yeah, they're gonna. They're each gonna score thirty points. I think. Okay. Yeah. So. Wow. All right. Yeah. It. it, it I guess it wouldn't. It, mean, let's put it this way: it's, it's consistent with some of these other games. If it's a low-scoring okay. game, the Rams are going to win. Easy. Still in lockdown in uh, the MLB uh, prediction. Are we going to have a season? Yes. Is it going to be truncated? Yes. What? Uh, how many games? One hundred and fifty. Yes, something like that. All right. None of it matters because the Yankees are going to finish third in the AL East. That's sort of how I think about it, too. All right. Uh, we got a closing clip for everybody. <laughs> um, this is the guy that, like, you're. it's very late at night. There's only a couple people left in the bar. Um, and this is one of them. I don't want to get going because I have to keep you here too long because you know all I'm about to, what I've said. You know what I've done and you know what we're doing and you know what I know what you're doing. Let me close with this. <laughs> All right, let me let me close with this. Namaste. Peace everybody. Episode 70 in the can.